It sure is, big voice guy. 7.06 on your Wednesday evening. We are back in the saddle and ready to do it all over again. Lior is available, as you know, 416-870-6400, star 640. On sale with all your questions, severance, uh, layoffs, all that stuff. We're going to cover all kinds of things tonight. And you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you over the next hour. We are uh, good to go. We always start every show. We'll get into the... Uh, severance pay calculator as well this is an amazing tool that i mean literally literally hundreds of thousands of people have used leor but first we start with the week that was that's right johnny thank you very much and welcome everyone to the show you know we're here to answer questions you know make it interesting and and you know tell you all all the information you need to know so give us a call we're here till eight o'clock want to talk to you want to answer your questions and uh, this is the employment hour uh, and to get us started, let me talk about a couple of situations. The first one, John, very interesting and actually very difficult situation for the the person in question. Uh, the, the lady that uh, that we resolved the, her case actually this week uh, was in a difficult situation. She was uh, on a, a medical leave of absence and disability for about uh, nine or ten months. And after that period of time, the insurance company decided that they're going to cut her off. She was on long-term disability, and the insurance company said, no, no, we don't think you're, you're uh, going to be able to go back to, uh, to, to continue. You should be able to go back to work, even though her doctor was saying, uh, no, you can't come back to work. When her employer heard that, her employer said, well, the doctor's telling us you have to come back to work, so come back to work, and if you don't, we'll consider you to have resigned. She didn't go back to work because she provided her employer with the doctor's note saying, well, I, I can't work. So, sure enough, true to its word, the employer treated her as having uh, resigned. So, on one hand, we have the insurance company cutting her off when it shouldn't because the doctor says she she can't work. And on the other hand, the employer is then uh, letting her go or treating her as have resigned. So, she's really in a difficult situation. Well, of course, that was improper, John. Uh, If the doctor is saying she can't work, she cannot work. And uh, the, they can't question the doctor in that way, and the employer can't consider her to have resigned if she's following doctor's mm-hmm. orders. So we pursued both the long-term disability insurer and the employer, and this past week we settled this on very good terms. Uh, the, the insurance company paid her the equivalent of, of uh, about uh, two years' uh, worth of wages as part of the settlement, and the employer pay, uh, paid her her severance as well. And uh, this was a really good resolution. It took about four months to get there and resolve it, but very difficult situation. But people that are listening to us right now may find themselves in that situation. When you need that insurance the most, when you need the support from your employer the most, they may not be there. So we're here to help if that ever happens. Give us a call, and and, uh, we'll get you uh, fixed up. The week that was, we usually have one or two in a row, and we'll get to them. But i got to stop you for a sec, man, because we got our first phone call tonight. Brian, right off the hop. How are you, pal? What's up? I'm fine. How are you? Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Sure, I do. I have an employee that has experienced a couple of health issues. He works for me for four or five months, then goes on a medical leave. The nature of his employment is okay. I'm fine with it. I hold the job open for him. Uh, but this last time, it was, uh, it's been about uh, six, seven months. He has an employment contract with us in which we uh, split his benefits. But he has, we phoned him up after six months, didn't get any money. We continued his benefits, or are continuing his benefits. I just spoke to him, and he says, I can't afford to give you money. I'm not working. What are my options right now? I mean, I'm paying for his, uh, his medical and dental, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have a disability program, unfortunately. It's just um, the soft cost. Um, 
if he says he can't afford it and his employment contract says he's got to pay half, where am I? So if I understand correctly, since he's been off disability, you've been paying the full cost. Is that right? He's actually not on disability. He's just on a medical leave of absence. Right. That's what I meant. Sorry. Since he's been off work, you've been paying the full costs. Correct. Yeah. So the problem is this. You have an employment agreement with them that says you're going to split the costs. And, you know, out of the goodness of your heart, over the past few months, you've decided to pay for the full thing yourself, which is great. And that's something you did not have to do, of course. Unfortunately, because of the fact that you did it, now it almost becomes a term of employment that while you're on disability or on a medical leave of absence, we're going to pay for your benefits. And to change that could potentially result in a constructive dismissal. Now, how long has he been with you total? How long has he uh, been working for you? He's been with us about eight years uh, on and off. So he gets a record of employment every time he leaves so that he can collect EI as uh, medical leave, right? Now, the reality is that the only way you can uh, uh, cut off the benefits without risking a constructive dismissal is by giving advance notice. You may have to give them as much as six months' notice. That's not an appetizing uh, uh, suggestion or uh, option for you. The problem is by, by cutting it off now, you're risking a constructive dismissal. The best advice I can give you, either give him that six months' notice or speak to him, confirm that he is agreeable, the benefits won't be uh, continued, uh, and, and if you can get his agreement to that effect, then you're fine. And, and you know, that's, that's the unfortunate lesson there is that you, you're, you're trying to be a good guy, and I commend you for it, but by being a good guy, you now create a term of employment mm-hmm. that's hard to now claw back. So either give him notice or speak to him about the benefits. If you do cut benefits off, uh, you know, in the meantime, you do risk a constructive dismissal. So you got to be careful. You may, cons- you may be considered to have terminated his employment, even though that's not what you're intending to do. Brian, we appreciate the call. We'll take a short break. And back into the week that was, lots more to go here. You want to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment hour just getting revved up. Right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 7.15, Wednesday evening, employment hour is here, ready to talk to you. You know that number. Give us a call. We'd love to take care of all your concerns, queries, questions. Robert, uh, thanks for calling through. What's your question for Lior? Hi, Lior. Yes, I've been uh, working for a company for 18 years. And, um, you know, when I started here, there was... um, uh, kind of a verbal understanding that the summer months were our busy months. And, uh, you know, so we worked many hours, paid salary, and then they'd give back time in the fall. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, over the the fall, winter, and spring. Uh, Well, over the last couple of years now, it's been, you know, um, all year round, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. So my question is, is basically they've, they've changed the, the rules and, but they don't want to pay the overtime. And, um, I'm understanding that even salaried employees, uh, are eligible for overtime, correct? That's absolutely right, Robert. Yes. Okay. So now, how, how long, far, how long has this how, been going on? Uh, probably for the last two, three years. Now you are able to go back two years from, uh, the date, uh, from today to, to claim for overtime. Are you part of a union? Uh, no, I am not. Okay. 
And uh, it's not every industry that's subject to overtime. What kind of job? What, what, what do you do? Uh, transportation, uh, delivery. Okay. But uh, we're, we're actually we're a manufacturing company, not, not an actual transportation company. Yeah, I got it. And, and are you a manager? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm one of the drivers. Okay, then yeah, then you you would qualify for for overtime, and you should get paid overtime. And you have two years. Uh, you can go back two years. The one thing you have to consider, of course, is assuming or considering you're still working there, whether you feel comfortable doing that uh, and pursuing overtime or a claim for overtime against your current employer. But if today is uh, you know August of 2016, you can go back to August of 2014, and any amounts and, and overtime generally would be calculated as in terms of time and a half for any hours worked over 44 hours a week. And that's the same thing whether you're on a salary. So that, that, okay. that's the answer. Uh, you just have to consider whether for you that makes sense given the fact you're still working there and, and how that's going to impact the relationship with the company. Yeah, well, they, they've been through this before many times, and uh, they have a tendency to force people out. Uh, so... And from my understanding, from listening to you over the years, that uh, you know any any change in, uh, I guess, so, say my work pattern, I could consider uh, constructive dismissal. Absolutely. Except if this was happened over two years ago, then you, you by now you're considered to have accepted it. So you can't necessarily treat that as a constructive dismissal. If they did this change right now, then yeah, absolutely, that's a constructive dismissal. So if it happened two years ago, I know you weren't happy about it, but you, you, you've accepted it. You can't treat it as a constructive dismissal, but that doesn't change the fact that you're owed overtime. So uh, if you want to pursue overtime, give me a call. I can certainly help you with that, uh, and uh, happy to chat with you. Got uh, Rob from Sudbury. Rob, good evening. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, good evening, guys. Um, I run a small shop, and I, uh, I'm afraid that, like, taking on an employee – well, I have to take on an employee, but I'm afraid to because, uh, se- like, severance and, like, all the stuff they can uh, do to me as an employee employer. But is there any um, yes. recommendations you can give me, uh, like, for contract-wise or agreements before I take on an employee? Yeah, absolutely, Robin. The smartest thing you can do, the absolute smartest thing you could do when hiring an employee is having them sign an employment agreement. In fact, you and no employer should ever have an employee walk into the office or step foot into the uh, to the workplace without signing an employment agreement. You can contract for less severance if you want. You can agree in advance as to what severance would be. And if you so choose, you can limit the person to their minimum entitlements. You can give yourself flexibility in terms of being able to change hours of work, change even compensation. So give yourself flexibility that you can use potentially down the road if the business is not doing great. Uh, you can protect your uh, trade secrets by way of a non-competition, non-solicitation. You, have, you can do all these things and a lot more. Uh, essentially give yourself as much flexibility as you want and, and, and reduce your future liability uh, by you know, 98%. Extremely important. The, the thing is... Uh, Rob, you can't just sit down with, in front of a computer and type it out. It has to be done properly. It has to be, be drafted legally. So I'm happy to help you with that. Give me a call. can can yeah, draft up a very a uh, quick, that. simple agreement for you. Okay, Sorry? Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I give you a call. Uh, that's great advice. Thank you. No problem, Rob. Thanks, Again, Rob. that number anytime to get a hold of Lior. This is the number he's talking about, 416-216-5900. That is the number you want to use. In the meantime, give us a call here at the radio station, taking your calls, another 40 minutes of the show to go. We're rocking them in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. 
725 right at her 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell. That's the number to call to talk to Lior tonight to uh, get it in there. Anne in Toronto, thanks for hanging in, Anne. What's up? Hi. Um, my father was is 70 now, um, and he was diagnosed with ALS about two years ago. He's an electrical engineer, and he's been working his whole life. And ALS is a progressively uh, fatal disease, mm-hmm. so you lose mobility. Um, but everything else works. I mean, he could sit and do his work, um, but he couldn't get to the job site. And he made a request to work from home, and they denied that. And then his insurance from work doesn't cover disability for anyone over 65. Um, otherwise, right. he's like great health mentally, um, even emotionally, everything. It's just that he physically cannot go to the job site. Um, and his insurance from work does not cover that. And as far as I know, the government insurance doesn't cover anything either if he has to leave work because of his disability at that age. Now, and his job, is it the type of job that he could do from home? Yeah, he could. He would, um, even when he was on site, like the last two years, he wouldn't go to any of the machines or anything. Like he controls everything from a computer. They could make the argument that he has to be there. Um but now, the other question is, you said that, that he had asked uh, for to work from home. Did he ask or did he get something from a doctor? He asked and he had um, letters from a doctor explaining his condition. And did the doctor say that, that it's his or her recommendation that he work from home? Um, it wasn't a, a recommendation. It was that this is a very valid accommodation to request. Okay, so the doctor confirmed that as far as the doctor is concerned. Sorry, anyone who heard their recommendation was, well, you're 70, why do you need to work? But for my dad, he planned to be in the workforce for years to come. So, um, Has he been off work now for a while? Yeah, he's been off since his official last day was sometime in March. He left in December um, on leave without pay. Um, yes. But he was on leave, and then they basically told him in March when he um, he had to go to Arizona because he couldn't be in this in the weather. He came back um, around March, and he told them, "I um, I'm coming. I want to extend my leave." And they basically said, "Well, you had until this date to let us know, and you didn't. There was a misunderstanding. Um, basically, you're no longer an employee." And he's been there for 15 years. Um, and he yeah, said, no. basically, and they said, yeah, basically, you've quit. And he said, no, I didn't quit. So, I mean, this Arizona thing may be a bit of a, of a red herring in the sense that if they expected him back by a certain time and they, they allowed him to be off on a leave for a certain time and he didn't come back by that time, no, well, that the, may be the, something that's considered a resignation. Yeah, now, except that with the respect conversation to the, was had over the phone, so there was... He had misunderstood some a conversation that was over the phone. I mean, he's been there 15 years. They weren't too formal about okay. every little thing. 
So, so here's the thing. With respect to, to accommodating him, if a doctor is saying, yeah, he, he needs this accommodation for health reasons, and so long that the job can actually be done from home, they have to accommodate. It's, it's not up to them to say, to say no uh, unless it's impossible to do this job from home or there's a, an absolute must reason that he has to be on site or else. They have to accommodate. That's a very strict duty. So it's possible that just by them initially saying, no, we're not going to accommodate, we'll put you on a, on a leave of absence, that alone could be considered both a termination and a human rights violation. So potentially even before uh, he had gone to Arizona. So we need to speak off air or I need to speak with your father because after 15 years, he may be owed significant compensation. We could be talking about 18 months pay, 20 months pay, potentially some human rights damages as well. So it's very, very, very important that you have him call me as soon as possible. I need to talk to him uh, and and discuss this. And that number, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's number, by the way, I'm giving you there. 416-216-5900. We'll get uh, Sam in here under the wire. Sam, what's going on? Hello, good evening, guys. Uh, So I am a pharmacy manager, and I have a full-time pharmacist working with me for about four years now. He is quite lazy at work. At the same time, he has a lot of dispensing errors, which is severe ones, I mean. Um, you know, is there any way I can get out of the contract right now because, because of these incidences already, in addition to many customer complaints about being rude already with ladies and so on? Now, have you dealt with him and, uh, about these things? Have you warned them? Have you given them so, anything in writing so I, about these I, issues? Yeah, I talked with my HR already. She advised me that I have to give him as at least three letters uh, of performance review over six months. I started with the first letter, actually, but I'm not sure if I have to wait for six months at least, or is there any way I can get out of that with some kind of severance payment or anything like that? Yeah. You you can let him go today if you want, if you're willing to pay him compensation, to pay him severance. You don't have to wait any period of time. It's a question of are you willing to do that, or if you want to let him go for cause, i.e. without severance, then you do need to, to build up your case a bit and have, and provide him some warnings, make it clear to him that he will be let go if he doesn't improve. Uh, okay. Now, if you want to let him go now, how long has he been with you? Four years, I think? About four years now. And uh, how old is he? Uh, about 50. So unless you have an employment agreement with him that limits his entitlements, you may owe him as much as six months' pay if you want to let him go right now. If you want to let him go and pay him six months' pay, you are probably just fine to do that. Now, it's possible that you could pay less if there's an employment agreement at play. Uh, if there isn't, it's six months. If you want to not have to pay that, you have to uh, do some more work and give him another warning uh, in writing. And if he doesn't improve at that point, you may be in a position to let him go without compensation. We should discuss this off air. I wouldn't let him go right now without speaking to me so I can better assess what he's owed to see if there's an employment agreement at play. Uh, so give me a call off air. Let's talk, and, and uh, hopefully I can help you minimize your liability. Sam, appreciate your call, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's number. You want to call the radio station over the next half hour. We'd love to hear from you as well. You know that one, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. More of the Employment Hour is coming right up. It is 7.36 on Wednesday evening, and that's the number to call. You want to talk to us, talk to Leo. I'm guaranteed you he can, uh, he can answer your questions for sure. Got uh, Mikey and Brandon. Mike, uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a mensch. Thanks for hanging through the break. You got a question no, for Leo? Go ahead. No problem. Actually, there's a couple of them. If I'm uh, thinking about quitting and my, and my employer asks where I'm going, am I obligated to inform them where I'm going? 
Uh, no, Mike, you're not obligated at all to tell them uh, where you're going. One thing you do want to be mindful of, of course, is if you are uh, bound by a non-competition obligation, if you sign something with your current employer saying you can't work, work for a competitor, well, you got to be mm -hmm. careful. You can't just go and work for a competitor. It doesn't mean you have to tell them where you're working. But, uh, you know, if they do find out you're working for a competitor and you're not supposed to, they may have some concerns about that. But you certainly okay. don't have to tell them, I'm going to work for this company, no. Right. And in terms of notice, what, how much notice is appropriate? So generally speaking, the law does not impose on you uh, an obligation to give notice. Any notice that you have to give if you're resigning has to be b based on the terms of an employment agreement. So if when you started working, you signed an employment agreement that says, hey, Mike, if you resign, you have to give us three weeks notice, then you have to give three weeks notice. If you right. didn't sign something like that, there really isn't a, a legal requirement. Uh, I would simply be mindful of not burning bridges and try to give us you know, a reasonable amount of notice, two weeks at least, maybe three, maybe even four, depending on, uh, on, on how senior a position you have. Uh, but okay. the best advice is try to dig up your employment agreement mm -hmm. if you did have one and see what that says about uh, about how much notice you have to give them. Because if you have an employment agreement, it probably does address that issue. Okay, I'll take a look. And if there's a, could be a non-competitive, well, com but if it's a like a customer of ours, is that different? Uh, so some, some agreements they may have what we call a non-solicitation obligation that says right. you can't go work for a, a – a, uh, sorry, you can't solicit the business of a customer. So mm -hmm. the, the concern is if you're going to work for a customer, and because now you work for the customer, they're not going to get the business from that customer, mm -hmm. and, and you sign something that's a non-solicitation, that may be a problem. Okay? okay. So uh, if, if you want to have specific answers about your situation – I could look at that employment agreement uh, with you and, and tell you what it means, what it limits you, and what you can and cannot sure. do. Okay, I'll do that. I'll dig it up and uh, send it your way. Appreciate it, Beautiful. Mike. Uh, that number, 416-216-5900. If he does have a non-solicitation -solic uh, agreement in that, uh, in that uh, job description of his anyway, uh, what if um, he doesn't go looking but his former clients come to him? Yeah, and, and solicitation uh, comes down, John, to who made that first move, who mm -hmm. contacted who. If they contact him and say, hey, we want you, and he didn't solicit, then he didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes it's very difficult to, to establish who contacted who. Uh, if you can prove that someone else contacted you, you didn't go after them, you were just sitting there minding your own business, then you're fine. You've done nothing wrong. But, uh, you know, you really want to be sure that you can prove that. Otherwise, your former employer may have some real concerns and you may face legal action, which, trust me, you want to avoid if you can. We'll take a uh, short break and want to give us a call. We still have lots of time. We actually got some show prep. You actually did some homework so we can actually talk about other things if we don't yeah. get phone calls. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment Hour continues on Talk Radio AM 640. 744, Employment Hour here on your Wednesday night. Good time to call in and talk to us as we'd like to uh, to talk to you. Todd in Toronto, welcome. How are you? How are you? Good, pal. What's going on? Oh, I was working for a construction company, and uh, in order to uh, save a little bit on taxes, I had my overtime hours for banks, and um, that went on for about four months, and now there's uh, I've kind of changing directions, and... Um, it wasn't that working for that company wasn't a good fit for me. So I, I've moved on, and now uh, um, my overtime hours uh, don't exist anymore. At first, they were saying that they were going to pay me just regular time, 
and spend a time and a half from my banked hours, and now they just they don't have any record of them. So I was just wondering what kind of leg do I have to stand on? Yeah, and thank you, Todd, for that. Uh, certainly, you know, if you've banked hours, if you've earned a certain amount, they have to pay it out, okay? They don't have the option to, to not pay it out. Now, uh, if they're going to play that we don't have records game, unless we can show that they do have records, it's going to be up to you to establish how many hours you, you have banked. Do you have any uh, records of that? Yeah, yeah, I kept it at running tab. Okay. Oh. I was just wondering what kind of So, so give me a call. On. It's possible that we can... Yeah, no, you, you, you absolutely do. We may be able to resolve this quickly by simply sending a, a letter to your former employer and uh, telling them you have to pay it, you know, or else we may have to take legal action against you. Uh, and and uh, hopefully that resolves it. So my best advice, give me a call. Yeah, you do have a leg to stand on, and uh, I'll be able to help you with that. The number is 416-216-5900. Todd, that's the number you want to call. So, you know, I'll get into a bit of this. Uh, by the way, anyone else uh, wants to call? We've still got about 15 minutes left, 416-870-6400, star 640. So what we were going to talk about uh, in length tonight was things that your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. There is a huge list, and I'll, well, let me start with that one is since it's on the list about number four. Um, you get overtime even if you're on salary. Yeah, that's right, John. And, and a big misconception is that you don't get overtime if you're a salaried employee, that maybe only hourly employees get overtime. That is wrong. Every employee gets overtime unless they're specifically exempt. For example, managers don't get overtime, ITs, engineers, professionals, uh, doctors, etc. don't. But otherwise, employees get overtime as long as you work more than 44 hours a week. And uh, so if your employer is telling you, oh, no, no, well, you're a salaried employee, so uh, it doesn't matter how many hours you work, your salary covers that, that is wrong. If you work more than 44 hours a week, you have to get overtime. And how is overtime calculated for a salaried employee? It's very simple. Mm -hmm. We look at your, what you make in a week. We divide that by 44. That gives us an hourly rate. And then uh, any hours you work over 44 hours a week, we give you time and a half. So that's how overtime is calculated. So don't ever believe anyone telling you that a, a salaried employee does not get overtime. That's just simply wrong. Things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. Yes, we will. You are not really, oh, we love this one, an independent contractor. That's right. Yeah, you're not really an independent contractor. And that's uh, a big one, John. Many times you have uh, employees that uh, believe they're independent contractors because they, they don't uh, get a salary. They're not on the employer's payroll. They simply invoice the company and they think, well, that's enough. You know, I've been doing that for 10 years. I'm an independent contractor. Well, no, not at all. If you uh, work full time for a company, if you work regularly for them and, and exclusively for them, Guess what, John? You're an employee of that company. It doesn't matter how you're taxed. It doesn't matter how you invoice. It doesn't even matter if you have your own company. The law will consider you to be an employee. You know, if it looks like an employee and acts like an employee, it's an employee, even if you call it something else. So because of that, our listeners have to understand that. It's extremely important. I see this every single day. Uh, people are let go and they say, well, I, I don't, I'm not going to get anything because I'm an independent contractor. Where in fact, no, in the eyes of the law, they're employees and they get full severance. So this is a very common situation. Who is an independent contractor? Well, an independent contractor is someone that's really in business for themselves. Okay, someone that uh, 
has several clients that doesn't have regular hours of work, doesn't work in one location. You know, your plumber is an independent contract contractor. Uh, if you're working as a bookkeeper eight hours a day, five days a week, you're not an independent contractor. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. Uh, so very important to understand that. Uh, and don't don't uh, let anyone else tell you otherwise. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We are talking about things the employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. This is a big one. In fact, it's the foundation of the entire show. You are likely owed more severance than what you have been offered. Big time. You are owed more severance than what you've been offered, okay? And, and this is the, the, the big, big, big one. Many times your employer is going to tell you, well, we don't have to pay severance because we're a certain size employer. Well, you only get a week's pay for every year. You don't get any severance. And no, that's not the case, okay? Your severance, uh, if you let, you're let go, I assure you, you in 90% of the cases, you're owed a lot more than what you've been told. So we've made it very easy to find out exactly how much you're owed and get the truth. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Mm-hmm. You find out how much you're owed, find out the truth. So like I said, your employer won't tell you that, but we just did. So remember, mm-hmm. severancepaycalculator.com, or you give me a call, and I'll tell you how much you're owed. And you can give us a call right now up till 8 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. 753, Employment Hour goes right till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, continue our conversation with your things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights but we will next one on the list would be uh if the business is sold you don't have to accept a job with the buyer that's right john you don't have to accept a job at all with the buyer if that business is sold okay so uh this is something that a lot of employees and some employers get uh, really confused about if the business is sold you have a choice uh, you can choose to accept the job or not now if you accept the job, remember your seniority carries through, so that employer, the new employer, the buyer, becomes your employer and they inherit your previous seniority. That, that's a good thing. But if you don't accept, you, you don't have to and you still get severance. Now, if you don't accept uh, for a good reason, there's a good reason why you didn't accept. Maybe the job was different. Maybe uh, it was for less pay. Uh, maybe it would require you to relocate then you get your full severance because there's a really good reason why you didn't accept that job. If there's not a good reason, you just don't want to accept it, you want to try to do something else, you still get your severance, but you don't get your full severance. You get your minimum severance, which depending on the situation will be one or two weeks pay for every year you've worked. So remember, you don't have to accept a job with the buyer. You have that option. Either way, you would get compensation. And if the buyer, a new company comes in and they want you to sign an employment agreement, Mm -hmm. please don't actually sign it without giving me a call. You don't want to give up rights. You don't want to give up the seniority that would otherwise carry through uh, without getting some advice. Uh, That's that's an extremely important a piece of advice I can give anyone that may be faced with a, a their business being bought out. Things that your employer won't tell you about workplace rights. This one, I mean, you say this all the time. Do not mess with pregnant women, pregnant employees. I mean, God, not only under the employment banner, but just period shopping mall. It doesn't matter. Don't mess with them. But you have a right to the same job after mat leave. That's right. And why don't people get that? Why do people still mess with pregnant employees? Mm-hmm. It's just a very, very bad thing to do. So, yes, not only do you have a right to your job after mat leave, okay, hopefully by now everyone knows that, but you have a right to the same job. Your employer can't uh, relocate you, can't give you a different job, different compensation. You have a right to the same job. In fact, 
if salary generally has increased in that job, you have a right to that new salary, that the salary increase. You can't be penalized any way, shape, or form because you've been on that leave. Now, if something happens to that job legitimately, completely and completely unrelated to your mat leave, fine. An employer may have some leeway there, but it would have to have absolutely nothing to do with the mat leave. In so many cases, John, I see uh, employers when uh, when an employee comes back from maternity leave, uh, them deciding what job they want to take uh, the employee back to. Well, no, you don't have to. You, you can't make that decision. That decision has already been made for you by the law, which means you have to take the employee back to the same job at the same compensation, same hours, responsibilities, etc., except in extreme situations. And if you're an employee and your employer won't do that, uh, you could potentially be facing a, a human rights violation. So uh, definitely, definitely don't accept that. Got uh, Richard calling through on the phone lines. Richard, good evening. You got a question for Lior? Uh, absolutely. Uh, great show, actually, as always. Uh, so I am an independent contractor, and I'm a courier. And the company I work with, I get absolutely nothing. I just get my pay. There's no holiday pay. There's no paid days off. Are there any entitlements other than severance? I'm not losing my job. I'm just curious about anything else. Yeah, what kind of hours do you work? Uh, I do 48 to 50 hours a week. And you only work for them? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I do the same run every day. Yeah. I've been there five years. Yeah, then, then no question. In the eyes of the law, you are an employee. Not even a question about it. So you have the rights of other employees with respect to any overtime or holiday pay, etc. The problem you have is if you want to continue working, and I'm assuming you do, you can now go to the Ministry of Labor and say, hey, I ha I'm really an employee and my employer is not paying me what they owe me. And, and file a, a claim with the Ministry of Labor for that. The problem with that is, you know, it's not going to help your relationship with your employer. Can you do that? Absolutely you can. Should you? I'll leave that up to you. Uh, but certainly what I can tell you is if at some point, you know, a year, five years, whatever it is down the road, they let you go, you're going to be owed full severance. And if your employer won't pay you that because they'll say, hey, you're just an independent contractor, that would be a wrongful dismissal. So with respect to your situation right now, you can contact the Ministry of Labor if you think that's a good idea. Otherwise, uh, give me a call when uh, your employment comes to an end, if it does. But, yes, you are an employee in the eyes of the law. Not even a question. Appreciate that uh, final call. Uh, just to run through in the last moment here, my friend, run through the injury card. Pardon me, the severance pay calculator again. Yeah, too many calculators, I right? I know, John? right? So uh, the, the severance pay calculator, if you lost your job, you need to know how much you're owed. Uh, you need to know what uh, you could be owed in the future if uh, you were ever let go. Very simple. We made it as extremely easy to do. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out exactly how much you're owed, make sure that you get everything that you're owed. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and the severance calculator is going to tell you everything you need to know, how many months' pay you should be getting. It's a great tool. It's easy to use, free and anonymous. Uh, literally over 100,000 people have used it by now. So uh, make it the first place you go to, and be a good friend and a good neighbor if you know someone that's lost their job. Tell them to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Done for another week, my friend. Fantastic. So we'll take it out of here until uh, till the weekend. In the meantime, 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. That's how you get a hold of them. It's the Employment Hour right here at Talk Radio, AM 640.